0: Hi, guys, welcome back to Storybud episode 10 of season 2. Kira um, always thinks it's hilarious when I call them by seasons, but you know, that's what they are. We're two seasons this in there. the
1: near FM season.
0: I can't wait for a rap party.
1: <laughs> well, you did t- tell me that you're going to buy me a bar of chocolate after this, which is yeah. very exciting. Yeah, in
0: the garage on Do the you, way home if it's a local. Are open. you
1: going to pick it? Uh, no, you can choose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if we go to a garage, usually they have some sort of offers on, so you know, I might just give you a budget instead of like a fiver.
1: Well before you just jump in, one of my favourite things to know about people is what their favourite chocolate bar is. Oh, but gee, I, I don't know if you have one. I don't I go I, I obsess like Lint. No, like
0: I remember, do you remember the cream eggs thing? <laughs> so I'll love cream eggs and I'll have like three a day for six months and then I can never eat them again.
1: You don't eat them now though, do you?
0: No. But that's the bad thing about that. Then everyone's like, oh, she loves cream eggs. And people still give me cream eggs all the time. What
1: about white, those white cream eggs?
0: No, disgusting. White chocolate all, all is just a bit gross.
1: Mine is fruit and nut. Ah, that's a good one. Well, how would you feel about a
0: Tiffin? Do they still exist like oh, with the biscuit? Oh,
1: oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. But I eat it out of the freezer.
0: Oh, yeah, don't
1: get that. So I don't know, I just prefer. Curly
0: Whirly is a good one for the freezer as well. Okay. anyway send us your favourite chocolate bars we'd love to hear about them <laughs> um, and the oh, thing I discovered today before we move on from the food was peanut butter on toast with fresh raspberries oh mushed into it banana yeah you could do banana either anyway it was a, it was a surprising good time
1: that's very is that the new avocado
0: maybe um, it would have to be almond butter instead <laughs> Anyway, what we thought would be interesting to talk about in this week's episode is relationships. (gasps) Do we have to talk about our own relationship? But friendships, family relationships, work relationships. We've touched on a few of them before, but I think as you get older and wiser, just because it's the last episode, I'll say it, as one gets older and wiser, (laughs) um, your your attitude towards them changes, I think. Maybe you just evolve or maybe it's like I have a bit of a lightning bolt thing going on at the moment because I am not working as much as I was and I have a lot more time. So if something happens with somebody, I'm able to go, okay, what did I say? What did they say? How do I feel about this? What's a rational way to behave? Whereas I was so running around with my hair on fire before that I didn't have time to give it any thought. Um, And I love that. I love being able to prioritise you know my interactions with people, and and think about them, and make sure that I'm doing the best that I can.
1: Yeah. Um, well, for me, I suppose the my main kind of learning uh, is that I'm not always wrong. I always just thought I was.
0: Yeah. I always just took
1: the blame and and apologized. apologized. <laughs> yeah. And and maybe it's because I'm a not non-confrontational person that I'd actually prefer to. I used to prefer to apologise than to actually
0: yeah just I'd, be dis- I'd be inclined to say that. Uh,
1: whereas now I am a bit I still have this I'm like a I'm like a ter- tiny terrier barking at this massive dog going you know <sighs> actually wha, wha, wha. but inside I'm
0: yeah like
1: I might be wrong I might be wrong I might be wrong
0: I rely very heavily on like my friends that I trust like you to go this happened I said this they said this Am I wrong or, and I I think you tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm, you'll gently nudge me towards being, maybe you're flying off the handle unreasonably or, (laughs) um, or no, you're absolutely right. Stick to your guns. I still rely on that a little bit, I think, from you and a few other friends, you know, just to go, because I'm not confident in my own opinion or my own way to be, um, But with friends, I think it's really difficult because people change so much. And if you have friends for 20, 30 years, uh, you know, you both change. And it's okay to outgrow people as well, you know.
1: Yeah, I think the longer you have been friends, the harder it is to...
0: I mean, we've never had a... Let it go. Big row, have we? Yeah, but
1: I mean, that is... Have we, though? A row? Yeah. No, only over, like only that I don't think we even had a row but you
0: cutting your toenails and them landing in my water yeah
1: that time <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair enough uh, I that we spent a month together
0: like you'd annoy each other and you'd just be like oh you doing that okay but not like shouting but yeah. that's the thing like I you know if I've with other friends been struggling or found it hard and been trying to mend friendships that just are done or have have you know run their course or whatever it is And you always say to me, oh, it's too hard. It shouldn't be that hard. And I think that's a really good marker as well. You know, like the friendships are hard in terms of going through things with people and, you know, seeing them sad or unhappy or frustrated and there's nothing you can do to help. But it shouldn't be a constant, it shouldn't feel like a game or like you're second guessing what somebody means or...
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I suppose in, I don't know, I'm obviously I'm not a qualified in any kind I am. Anything. It's code. fine, I am. Go on. Uh, I'll tell you if you're wrong. <laughs> I. No, no, nothing is perfect. There's no relationship is perfect. No family is perfect. No friendship is perfect. But I do think that uh, I've been lucky enough to have uh, a model like my parents' relationship is pretty good mm. and my relationship with my siblings is pretty good and with each other. It's not to say that there's never hiccups or whatever yeah. um, and my own uh, marriage relationship is good and then I have you for twenty years and that has always been yeah, good. So to me, something that is really hard work, I'm like, what the f-? like yeah. why does it have to be hard work? So it maybe it's easy for me to say, Jesus, well, that sounds like hard work, not worth it, because I'm not used to having to work super hard to maintain. Yeah, or maybe See, I, work I, I always I... had
0: a thing that I grew up with. I don't know where it came from, but that I think probably from my mum that everybody you should put everybody else first. Yeah, and you never want to be selfish or inconsiderate, uh, and. That's how I was. But it would it would eat me up then because I'd be like, I, you know, put Kira first and I am plan my day around her and now she's not coming and I'm upset about it and I'll be annoyed now or whatever it was, you know, and and I'd get annoyed about things then, whereas the other person would be like, you never told me or, you, you know, uh, and now I've kind of realised that it's a two way street. And whereas before I hated saying, you know, I expect something back from this friendship because it's like, that's not why I'm in it. Like when you get to a certain point and you care enough about somebody, you've invested that and you're like, I'm in. I love you. I think you're brilliant. I want to do whatever I can to make your life easier, better, happy. And then if the person is not giving you anything back, that's not sustainable. Whereas I I would have thought beforehand, before, you know, the last year or so, how dare I expect anything back? That's not what friendship is, yeah. And now I'm like, well, there has to be a bit of give and take. And it's almost like a like a leaning support where, you know, I call you and bawl about my day or whatever it is, whatever my problem is. And in doing that, then, you feel you can call me the next day and tell me about your, you know, it's a dependency thing. Uh, But I would have always been don't be so selfish, you know, and almost kind of, it's horrible to say, but almost kind of martyrish about it. It's like, well, I've done the right thing and I've done all the things I can do for you and you're still not doing what I want. And, you know, uh, that has been a real revelation to me. I don't know, maybe I'm just a selfish bitch now. (laughs) But, you know, it's like pour your own, put your own life jacket on before you go and put someone else's on. Yeah, You know, you need to be. Uh, and that's because like my I like to think that my biggest priority in life is the people that I care about, friends, family, you know, relationships, whatever. And I think you have to it's not selfish, but you have to make sure that you are good before you can be any use to them or even just not be like a snappy, tired wagon, which is kind of how I was getting, you know, people would ring me and say, how are you? Haven't heard from me in ages. And I'd just be like, what do you want? As Why does everybody really want something from me? Because as they I was having tired. a go at you.
1: No, they saying.
0: weren't even having a go. They were just genuinely wondering how I was.
1: But did but you I feel like they're having a go at you? No, I felt like they were, as no, as they like they were saying,
0: me. You're so selfish. You're not doing anything for this friendship. You're not making an effort. No, I have had one or two friends say that to me. Okay. Y- you know, that I don't put enough into the friendship. And I, I, I know, I'm assured in my own friendship integrity now that. You know, I am a good friend. Yeah, and I'll say if I'm not, or if I've been crap, or if I've been neglectful, or whatever it is, I'm not afraid to admit it, or look in, you know, look inward a bit and go, maybe I was, you know, irrational about that, or maybe I flew off the handle there, or whatever. I like to think that, you know, but it's it's definitely been a a rejig because I was like always it was all outgoing and i didn't think about the energy coming back and i think you have to think about that and you have to make sure that you're getting something too yeah and if you're not it's not a big deal and it's not a big deal to say you know to prioritize the people that give back to you you know people who reply to the messages or show up on time to come to the thing and aren't just like flaky mac flake because mm. i think as well though with my work and stuff i've i've collected a lot of people in the last few years Now I do have a lot of great friends and I'm so grateful for that and they're brilliant and they know who they are but then there's a lot of people that I feel beholden to when actually they wouldn't you know change their plans for me or whatever it is but I just have one kind of standard across the board.
1: Yeah Um, well I I think of us as uh, not uh, us uh, let's say being people in their 30s and 40s as simmering 40s. Whatever, yes. <laughs> like beyond twenties, that you you start. Let's say we're all a pot of boiling, whatever syrup, and we're getting. We're getting a, to become a denser, version of ourselves, or more confident, or we're not as uh, broad as we used yeah, to be. We're yeah. just a more intense version of what we were when we were, yeah, fifteen or whatever, um, and there's people. And that, more selective as well with that. Yeah, but... Regarding other people. Uh, there's people who I would have... Uh, been... not obsessed with, but I just had this overwhelming... Yeah. love and... Uh, interest and... Yeah, you wanted spending, them to be around yeah, be yeah. part of your life. yeah. And I thought everything about them was brilliant and it was just love, 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 love. And now... We're still friends tw- twenty years on, but sometimes I'd be like, Jesus, that was that was you know. I find them and their personalities intense, or mm-hmm. uh, I find elements of their personalities or behaviors uh, not offensive, but like offensive. <laughs> well, just they're not yeah. they're not as perfect as they used to be when they were sixteen, and nor am I, but. But I they're still, also
0: more adamant about the things that they believe in and they yeah, become more.
1: But I can still be their pal hmm. and still feel love for them. Um, but I, c- I can say to myself, okay, I didn't like that, but I don't need to. You know, I don't it's need like to love every single thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as they don't consistently treat you like shit, then. Yeah. Uh, then I think we can all still manage. We're just not in each other's pockets as much. I I can see somebody twice a year and be perfectly happy that they are one of my great friends in the world, you know.
0: That's great. I think I've loosened up a lot with that in the last while as well. You know, it was was very, I don't know, I I felt like I really needed to maintain the friendships a lot more when actually if they're there, they're there. And, you know, you know that and it's kind of like chill out a bit and relax into it and know that you know you'll always be able to meet up and have a laugh even if it's every two or three years you know we have some friends that we only see every few years and it's still a great laugh
1: yeah yeah
0: Um, Yeah. and we're about the youngest in our families as well which I think is definitely a huge contribution to who we
1: are now and being a bit not needy but um, we're used to probably a lot of people around and just being more interested—I mean, more interested in what's happening to somebody else than they might be in us. I don't yeah. know because when you're five, you're looking up to everybody. your sibling is in college, and everybody's talking about their degree or whatever, but yeah. they're not asking you about your jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Do you know? I don't know. That's a that's a yeah, breach. Maybe. But that we're there's always something going on with somebody else that we're all interested in, but they're not. Yeah. Um, like I do find that even with with people that uh I'm letting go a bit more about even uh trying to not i am interested, but as i I think a lot of people that I'm friends with don't know what I do, for example, yeah or um but do you know that about all your friends no and but I'm getting less i maybe I was only doing it for the sake of it, yeah. I, I think
0: if you're really good friends with somebody that's just kind of that and sort aside. of stuff is like talking yeah. about the weather. Yeah. Unless it's something that they, you know, they live their job. Like I've I'm using Dave now as a way to find out what people do who I've been friends with for 15 years. And he's like, "Oh, what does he do?" And I'm like, "I don't really know. Ask him." <laughs> so I can find out, you know. Yeah. Um but I think in family relationships as well is really interesting because like, do you still feel? Do you think any of your your siblings now think of you as like to treat you like a baby, or
1: no? Um, I think we touched on it a little bit, but no, they don't treat me like a baby, and that's really annoying because they ask me to do stuff, which means I have to be responsible. Yeah, <laughs> even though I have children who I am responsible for, yeah. I
0: still want to be the baby. Yeah, you want somebody to be yeah. responsible for you.
1: Um, no, they don't. Do you? Do yours? Yeah, okay. so
0: I've kind of, there's six in my family, so the older, well, actually just the boys, the older two boys definitely do, like, they would watch what they talk about in front of me and, like, if they'd have be having a casual cigarette, which they both do kind of smoke casually, they'll probably never listen to this anyway, <laughs> um, they'll hide it if they see me coming and stuff like that. Why, in case like
1: you tell that. your
0: dad? <laughs> I don't know, my dad doesn't care. It's
1: hardly going to protect you from... I actually
0: feel like my dad is the one... Well, my younger brother as well. My dad is treats me less like a baby than my older brothers do. Yeah. Do you know, I think he sees me... I think he really does see me and respect me as an adult now, in my own right, which is a really nice feeling. While he still has, like, you know, has my back, I suppose. <laughs> um, But it's it definitely... Do you think it really contributes... I think it really contributes to your character and who you are and...
1: Where, what, where you are in your family. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, like... I'd hate to be the oldest. They really yeah. have a lot.
0: But when I was the not. youngest, when I was a little, I used to look up to the eldest and be like, oh, I just want to be like her. And I used to literally copy everything. Like if she crossed her legs, I'd cross my legs. She folded her arms. I'd fold my arms. Like I remember copying. And I know that's how and we 15 learn.
1: 15 years between years. There 13. 13.
0: Yeah. So when I was kind of five, she was leaving school, do you know, so yeah. she was like super cool and and there's 14 had a perm between and me stuff. and my... Yeah, therapist. so it's similar.
1: And when I was boarding school, my parents were away and it was my siblings who all <laughs> minded me. Um, so, yeah, well, definitely with my oldest sibling, I I would never, still wouldn't... But did they
0: always treat you like an argue adult? Argue with them. When you're a teenager, like...
1: No. What? No.
0: In terms of, like, what, what you would talk about. and uh, I remember my sister-in-law, Rachel, was like the one person who started talking to me like an adult and I'd be like, what does that mean? And it'd be something really embarrassing. I remember remember asking what an aphrodisiac was at a family dinner and everyone was just like, <gasps> and Rachel was like, it's something that enhances your sex drive. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, another time I remember going and doing that, um, do you remember the thing where you you oh, like yeah. run your hands over somebody's kneecap
1: to make it feel like an egg or something was going to no
0: it, we were all egg. doing it in school that day and it was like that is a it was like that is a fifth of an orgasm or something oh. well anyway some bollocks but uh, and I didn't know what an orgasm was and I went and did it to like my brother or something and everyone was like do you know what that means <laughs> <laughs> no what does it mean and she was the one to tell me and I actually felt so like I was so glad of that yeah. At a certain you know, when you're like eleven or twelve or whatever. Um and the other thing I remember there was some sort of referendum and I was about twelve or thirteen and I don't I still don't know if she did it on purpose, but she was like, And um, what way are you gonna vote? <laughs> and I was like, I'm thirteen. She's like, Oh, I forget that so i she um, in hindsight she did it on purpose. She's like, Oh, I always forget that you're only thirteen. She just seemed like my age and I was like, Oh my god, I'm so cool
1: <laughs> um,
0: I must remember to do that to my nieces and nephews.
1: Yeah, but she's an exceptional sister-in-law. sister-in-law. <laughs> yeah. She's the But do you feel like
0: when, you're si- when you were in co- when you were going home to your siblings, to mind you, would they be talking about, like, I don't know, college stuff? Sex, drugs, rock and roll? No.
1: <laughs> if they were, I didn't... Pick up on it? No. Okay. Um, we just basically silently watched the TV together <laughs> when we
0: were together. <laughs> and you were saying about your parents as well. Like, I think parents... Your parents' relationship has such an impact as well. Yeah. In, in who you choose and what you think is acceptable and like you know, I've friends who go for bad boys who go for people that treat them really badly and it's you can see it like it's a pattern, you know. Um I'm like, but I just I just find it really attractive when someone's nice to me. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I weird? Don't think everybody everybody uh, does. I don't I don't have the energy to like if somebody was really aggressive, not um, if somebody liked having arguments, I couldn't face that at all. Mm. I'd have to, be, but because it, it just wasn't something that I grew up with. Yeah. Having said that, I am probably way more shouty than I'd like to be as a parent, and I shout a lot more <laughs> than my parents shout. Only at, at me. the
0: kids on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's true, actually. Well, I did. I remember having the odd shouting argument, but there probably wasn't enough. If anything, it was the op- opposite. In my house, it was like more passive aggressive, slamming doors and
1: <sighs> that kind of thing. You between you and your parents, or between your parents? Not between them
0: with each other. Between like say my mum and my siblings, or my dad and my. Okay. My dad no would never really say a bad word. Saw him lose his temper once, and my god, it terrified me forever.
1: Did you? Did they ever give you a smack? Whack
0: yeah I remember the last time I think I got multiple smacks but the last smack I got I remembered vividly like to the to the letter and I was having a row with my mom and I was I did have a really bad tantrum like I was probably three okay and I remember just being like rah, rage and the energy of it like mm. it's amazing the way kids do that and she was warning me something I could still see her now like pointing her finger at me and I picked up the lid of a Simon Pierce pottery thing and flung it at her head, and she ducked and it smashed on the wall. And How I did she come right for you? <laughs> and I and I on the bum, and I ran up the stairs. I was <laughs> slept in the attic, <laughs> converted attic then, and I remember just being like sitting on my bed, being like <gasps> for hours. I remember counting I my pairs of for shoes. Five minutes. I remember like looking at. Trying to play with my Barbies, trying to go downstairs to see if she was there and she was going to come up and say sorry. Like, I remember the tick, tick, tick of the clock on the wall. And then my dad came home and was basically like, ah, you're sorry. Are you sorry? (laughs) And then my mum made my favourite thing for dinner, which was baked eggs. Gross. Yeah, with cheese. What? Uh, (laughs) And it was still a bit tense. Dinner was still a bit tense now. I was a bit like, (sighs) I wanted her to apologise to me kind of thing. And you think you were three? I think I was three, yeah. Because I pretty much remember everything from when I was four. Really? So that was definitely before then, yeah. Uh, but I remember my nephew used to have savage tantrums, and he's a sweetheart now, he's like 11. But, like, nine times out of ten, you'd arrive at their house, and you'd come in, and he'd just be sitting out on the stairs, <laughs> covered in snot and tears and everything else. And then he'd come in, and it was like he'd had a lobotomy. Like, that, it would just take just all his exhausted. energy. Yeah. yeah. So... It's just a, it's a growth thing with kids as well. But your kids never had bad, tantrums. really bad tantrums, did they?
1: Um,
0: because they can do whatever they want.
1: No, but I definitely. I mean, that's another thing that I. I don't know if I've learned it from having kids, but, um. This this thing about trying to let go of control, like yeah, I. With my seven-year-old daughter, I I. The other day, she was <laughs> she was walking and her feet were smack, 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 smack. Uh, she was just thumping her feet, and I had given out to her I'd say about ten things, given out to her about oh, yeah. ten things, and I was like, "Stop walking like that!" I was like, "I'm fucking cri- criticizing her the way she's walking. I need to stop trying to control every single thing that she yeah. does." Um, and I suppose that's reflective of just generally in relationships trying to to not just yeah. let people Let just a lot be, of stuff go yeah. that you don't need to. I can't yeah. control what that person is doing so um, yeah. I'm just going to try and ignore it or. I think as well
0: in romantic relationships now like people, men and women obviously are a lot more equal uh, people get into serious relationships a lot later in life like I was talking about marriage and the kind of well you got married quite young but like they kind of in our parents generation it's such a leap of like yeah we've met a few times and hung out and we get on and you know have good sense of humor but like let's spend the rest of our lives together and see what happens yeah and there's and they had not lived together and they hadn't you know it was such a leap and it's like I don't know the odds of that working out and being able to have loads of kids and raise them and be great. It's pretty amazing. Even now, you see then that, that thing of like people being more condensed versions of themselves so they meet their partners when they're yeah. 30s, 40s and it's like, I'm taking no shit from you. I know exactly who I am. Whereas they would have kind of grown into each other having met when they were 20 or 21 yeah. and, you know, gone through all the firsts of a house and whatever else together. Um it's so different now, but then is it
1: um, well, I don't know, but i I think now uh there's all not that there's too much choice i mean there's never there can never be too much choice, but that yeah, you were thrown in together, and um do you think it
0: takes away from the romance of it all, or do you think it makes it enhances it to go I'm gonna go on Tinder and Swipe, 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 swipe.
1: I don't know. I was always mad into r- romance and mm. since I was, I can't remember. Yeah. I was just always wanted to fall in love and uh, be romanced and do romantic things and uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to go ad- and meet a total stranger. But like, and- I was so anti-online dating and I probably
0: still am. I feel a bit like you know, they're talking a lot at the moment about people who are gay but homophobic. Okay. I feel like I'm so anti online dating and yet now I'm a product of it. Or not product of it, but it. so basically for y- I've been single for years and years and years and everyone was like, just go online and go on a date and it's great and you'll enjoy it and you'll have the crack And I, first of all I was like, No, because it's so unromantic and un
1: But I mean so is somebody coming up yeah, grabbing you in a bar yeah
0: yeah Well, that was my f- primary reason then the other one was like I am a weirdo magnet the, yeah. the people that you know I would meet like god forbid no can't do it uh, and then I got I got the apps numerous times and I'd look at them and be like oh and uh, and then I was going back to work and I was like, I'm going to do this once so that I can tell everyone I've done it and they can piss off and leave me alone. And I mean, you, I went through every step of the way with you. You were like, let I me love do it. I you're on.
1: I really miss, I miss <laughs> that miss. And then act. I'd be
0: like practically marrying this guy and he'd be like, oh, I'm leaving town on Monday. And I've <laughs> never met him. But uh, anyway, I said I'd go on one date and I went on one date. Uh, and I was kind of going, I was so nervous and I was like, I just have to stay for 15 minutes and be courteous and then I've done it. And I never have to talk about this again to anyone. They can all piss off and leave me alone. And the, that was like nearly a year ago now and it worked. And yeah. and I, and even in the beginning, you know, I had a problem about saying, "What? How, how did you guys meet? And I would just say and I'd get him to just say the pub that we met in. Oh, OK, because I just didn't like it. I just don't think it's, you know.
1: But like what well, I said. you know, suppose me telling your grandkids. You not that I know of, um weren't like, you know, in, when I was in school and college, you'd go you'd go out and then you'd go to a nightclub or whatever and you'd snog somebody and then you'd go home and you'd not even know who the fuck they were or <laughs> I don't think you No, I never did much of that. I
0: never did much of that. That never really appealed to me so, though.
1: So yeah, so I think maybe that's would be more to me if I was single now I'd be all over all the apps and I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't think it was gross or
0: I mean I don't and I remember even when we started going out saying like talking about it and being like I just think it's weird that we don't know anyone in common and we don't and he had done a bit of dating uh, on apps and stuff and he was like I don't yeah okay (laughs) Um. do you know and it's kind of amazing I kind of second guess that all the time as well it's like well that's mad do you know uh, but it's the same it's the same thing essentially it's just we've come at it a different way and you still you still it's just the initial intro it's not like we got to know each other online for a year yeah and do you know the way you hear on like catfish and stuff Um. but it's also funny like I, I think I just came I just came to all that stuff quite late in life for whatever reason and I wasn't ready for it or I wasn't into it and I wasn't into casual stuff and then yeah. now I'm like well it was almost the other extreme. it was like, do I have room or do I want to make room for this person in my life because I had a very full life mm. you know, um, and people still kind of say to me, "Oh, well, you have him now, and isn't that great And you can you know, as if that's what I was waiting for, whereas I, I don't like that, yeah, it's great and it adds another element to my life, but I don't know, when you get to thirty plus and you're single, like stuff going yeah everybody and now everybody's got there's always something there's always like oh are you going to move in together oh do you think you'll have kids oh where will I get a hat you
1: know um and then if you have a baby it's like when's the next one's here yeah, she getting that's it that's not going to stop somebody asked me i'm 2 weeks off <laughs> having my third child and somebody asked me at the weekend uh, was i thinking about a fourth i was
0: like what yeah
1: I think that's just a but I mean but it's also I don't know I think
0: like the difference in relationships I never really had boyfriends in my 20s Yeah. so I don't know now I'm like should I have done that would I know more about you know but I just think everybody's different and for me I just wasn't it just wasn't something that I wanted and it wasn't and I don't think it makes me any less qualified now because I still did all the the growing and whatever self discovery, you know, you hear about people who get into a relationship when they're eighteen for five years and they break up with that person, they get into another one, and you know, yeah, and I, I, yeah, that's that's just a different way, you know. Some people, that's what suits them, and they're like serial monogamists, and that's part of their whole thing, and they have that gap, they have that not that gap, but that area, that section of their life. With their relationship, when they live with their boyfriend, or whatever. I can't imagine having been living with somebody in my twenties. Mm. Most people do or have, um, yeah. And it was just—it's just the other end of the scale for me.
1: Well, like i am i am not the opposite, but I also feel unqualified. But I see imposter syndrome.
0: <laughs> yeah. we we're talking about imposter syndrome earlier, which basically means second guessing everything, job, work, relationships. How did I end up in this position? Yeah. Yeah. And when will they not find out and kick me out? Uh,
1: But I was 21 or 20, yeah 21 when I met my now husband Mm. and I was full of love and romance and just gung-ho, ready to go. Yeah. And we got, I was 26 when we got married, which now seems so young at the time. Yeah. I was uh, and I don't regret it at all I'm now married for 10 years I'm but do you feel
0: like you think of yourself like as married like, that seems like a weird question to ask but is that part of your identity in your own head of like what husband and wife it must be by now
1: I still yeah Like I, I f- can't believe I what? fell in
0: love and now I'm married and
1: um, cause that's no, how I- I'm beyond that but uh, I stu- I feel like I'm less qualified than you or somebody else who has been you know, meeting various people over at the last, Yeah. because I just f- and maybe you'll f- so like uh, uh, I heard somebody say the other day that they were defending you to somebody else who had said that you just settled for the yeah. first person that you met on one of these sites, or whatever it is called, yeah, it, yeah. platform Um. <laughs> And they could say that about me because I, yeah, I've just, I had, didn't even, I don't think I ever had a proper boyfriend and yeah. then I married that first guy. And, yeah. Um, so. And
0: some people do that when they're 14 or 15.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? um, and stay married, you know, it's just. Yeah, but uh, no, I don't feel, no, I don't, well, I don't, yeah, I'm totally, I'm settled into the marriage thing, but I suppose one interesting conversation that we had recently with a, a third friend was whether marriage was important to you guys who you aren't married and I yeah. am. Um, and I was thinking, wow, I wonder if I met somebody now, would marriage be important to me? Um, because sometimes I do feel ridiculous when I'm, when when I'm standing in with a lot of women. And we're all there with our rings on and it feels yeah. very, uh, it feels very cattily or something like we all followed Ownership. this. Um, yeah, like that, That you know, I know some people don't, t- it's not about the ring or whatever, but it just feels like we're all conforming to something. Mm. Uh, but actually, I still think that marriage would, would be really important to me. And yeah. it is, it is really important to me. I, but I cannot verbalize it properly, but I feel safe and um, I feel like there's something solid created by that framework yeah. of us m- making that commitment that one day and yeah. having this ring um,
0: I think marriage as we know it has evolved a lot in the last 10 years yeah. or however long like you were, we were talking about it today with, with Morris and you were saying you wouldn't have done I wouldn't you know, have you wouldn't wedding. do it now yeah. if you were doing it again, that that wedding. I have a friend who's getting married at the moment or like in a couple of weeks and she's just like, this is horrific. Yeah. I don't want to be doing half of this stuff.
1: I don't remember. the. W- we just well, had the classic the Irish, you know, well, whatever they're called, kind of turkey and ham disco yeah. type. Wow. Well, um, no, but we put sp- we sp- we sp- an effort into it and we... Uh, I thought it was the best day ever, and I had a great time. Um, but in hindsight, something much simpler. I don't think it would have done us in the day. I don't think it would have satisfied us then. But now, yeah, like don't need to spend money. And but apart from the wedding, I I still think that that marriage is a really uh, a
0: worthwhile institution. Yeah.
1: So 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 to me for people let's say who know for sure that they want to have children but they're not really sure about the marriage thing. Yeah. That's something for me to get my head around. I I don't, I knew I wanted to get married, I didn't know hmm. I still don't know whether I want to have children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh oh. Is it awful to say at least if it doesn't work out when you're 60 or 70 you can get divorced and
1: um yeah I think it is awful, a- awful, yeah it's not I do believe Sorry. in divorce and <laughs> all that kind of stuff no but i i just think that it shouldn't be an attitude when you're going into it no, thing-ish. but
0: like I don't know that again that thing about people growing and changing and sometimes people just grow apart and yeah know, but have I a mean new leads of life I, after as their far as kids I know, are up
1: divorce then. is savage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not just like breaking up or whatever. No. Because there's so much...
0: I remember we were talking to somebody about it and they said it's like listening to your own character assassination in course.
1: Oh, yeah. Um. But... But... Uh, but marriage isn't uh, maybe as important to you as it would have been to me even though I was... Yeah. T- I know like and I came from 20s. very much
0: an institution of marriage... Be all and end all of yeah. marriage, and one. I
1: remember your dad saying to me um, when I got engaged. He said, "I'm a big fan of marriage." Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but um, I, t- I don't think I wouldn't. It ever is so judge different though. Like even say, your
0: marriage, your you getting married, it means so. It's so different to our parents getting married, or you know, people are having humanist weddings now. And I'm going to a wedding in a few weeks with this friend, and it's um, one of her friends is is a celebrant. Yeah, Do you know it's it's just changed. A lot. I went to one last year where they read revolting rhymes, um, Red Riding Hood, as part of the ceremony. Yeah, whips a pistol from her knickers,
1: or even, you know, there doesn't need to be a sentimental ceremony at all. You know, it can just be. Yeah, I find
0: um, that quite appealing too.
1: Uh, but. Yeah, I wonder I don't but I think people these days um, even if they've held off getting married for ages and ages, they end up getting married maybe for financial or medical I think in, in Ireland as well,
0: reasons. a lot of people do it for their mammies and their grannies. Yeah. Maybe. Especially
1: in the church. Yeah. I do wish now that's one relationship that's changed for me is my relationship with uh the Catholic Church. So mm. Got married in church. I christened my first two children. Would you have? Would your family have been religious growing up? Yeah, yeah. Um, We would have gone to mass regularly. Do you feel like you would? Because I thought about this. We
0: went to mass religiously, um, and uh, you know, my mum certainly. My dad was very more quietly. Like you'd always see him after a meal having a little prayer, or. But my mum was more uh, having prayer.
1: You think he was having like he was praying to God? Yeah. Okay.
0: Like being thankful for his meal.
1: Yeah. Oh, right. Okay.
0: He'd just be sitting there like, like this for a minute and he'll go quiet. But, um, whereas my mum was more, you know, I don't know how to articulate it. It sounds bad again to say like showy about it, but it was about, you know, going to Mass and yeah. Ash Wednesday and all that stuff but actually like I don't know the half of even the story <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm younger and it was like oh, I couldn't be arsed telling her this now again do you know what? I actually don't know Yeah. a lot of the Bible now and yet I still consi- consider yeah. myself and feel like I was brought up very Catholic but would um, you
1: get married in a church or I mean if I don't know if married if I don't know I would
0: take into consideration the other
1: half of the relationship. Or would you, if you had, even I, if you had marriage, if you had kids, would you feel compelled to christen oh, them? no. No.
0: I would really like not to christen them. Yeah. But again, I'd have to take into account whoever their dad was and his well, beliefs. Their dad, be but
1: not, would you take, it w- their dad's. So for example, my, th- they hopefully <laughs> in a couple of weeks we'll have a third child. Yeah. And because both of us have um, our relationship with the Catholic Church has completely broken down. Yeah. We cannot christen this child because mm-hmm. it would be so farcical and we'd be both be there gritting our teeth. Yeah. However, that is going to be upsetting for our families. Um, and I remember when we were getting married in a church, we had to go to our local parish to get him to sign off. And he basically attacked us and said, I've never seen you in this church. Why are you getting married in a church? It's ridiculous. Yeah. And he was so right. Yeah. Um. And I wish I had really thought about that and said, why are we doing this again? Yeah. Because we weren't mass goers. Yeah. But we hadn't completely cut all ties. Yeah. But anyway, this child won't get christened and that's going to upset people and... I need to stay strong enough and again go back to my relationship with those people and and also be strong enough to say I'm right. I'm not wrong. You know? Yeah. This child can And I'm not sorry. Get himself or herself christened if and when they want to. Do you think um it's funny, like so our generation,
0: I think we were all brought up quite Catholic, the majority of us, but then in the last maybe five, ten years i have kind of gone, actually, none of that's OK. And, you know, it's kind of like you you pull focus and you see it in a totally different light. For me anyway, I, f- I just can't believe that stuff that everyone went along with and almost wore as a badge of honour and the stuff that happened within the church and just how kind of culty almost it is and how women were treated and how everyone just went along with that and anyway. I feel like our, yours and my kind of generation have had from one end to the other, you know, the seesaw has tipped kind of now, I think a little bit more. But with our parents like I know my parents were very religious and even I was talking to my dad today about the day that the Pope came to visit and they all went and it was a big deal and uh, whereas they don't go to Mass anymore now I'd say my dad probably does still pray, but he definitely doesn't agree with, you know, the the dogma of the Catholic Church in this country. Yeah, but I. Um, but would still probably, you know, have a Catholic funeral yeah. or a Catholic whatever. And is that just, you know, I, I don't know. I think I feel like my dad would kind of be like, oh, you're not christening your child. Fair enough. I completely understand why. Yeah. Whereas. I don't know about your parents, but a lot of parents, a lot of people over 60 say, are just like, well, this is what we do. We're Irish. And like, it's mad not to have a christening or a
1: communion or a... But I, like, I have confronted older people in my family to say, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think my child is going... Like, they've they've cancelled purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> So, and uh, they can get
0: into school now if they're not baptized, can't they?
1: And hell, I think hell's been cancelled as well. No, honestly, I'm not joking. That's I think just it's because
0: they want to get more people back to the church, and not make it um, so.
1: Like, what do you really think? It's actually more about what you you're worried yeah. that somebody else will think rather it's than the you thinking something bad thing. is going to happen to my child because yeah. they weren't christened. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. It's it's not for me. It's not that I don't believe in something. Yeah. But if I let's say, let's say there's a a gorgeous blue sky. I do take a minute, almost like your dad. Yeah. And have a thought, but I just I and I say thank you. But it's yeah. thank you. Maybe it's too much of a hippie thing, but it's like just thank you to the world or the yeah. universe or whatever is there. Thank you, whatever created. Yeah. This just moment. Gratitude. Yeah. Not. Thank you, God, and I'm so sorry. I feel so guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, And I think that that guilt and that apologetic stuff, and that's all tied up in in Catholicism, yeah. and and what we've seen in our parents, and um, and I think that'll go on to like sorry fidgeting. I think that'll go on to like your kids, and to us, it it'll fade out. But I think that's just part of our makeup now, as a country.
1: Yeah, but my kids won't have to. I remember sitting in doing my first confession Yeah. Be like what am I going to say yeah uh, just making up stuff yeah yeah I made up stuff but also well. feel like shit going to like, hell yeah
0: did you spend I spent a good amount of time worrying about hell when I was a kid <laughs>
1: yeah because it was a pl- it was a place I don't yeah. nobody ever told me I was going to hell or anything but we just thought about it yeah, yeah. or worrying about mo- maybe less than he- hell just worrying about whether you would get into heaven
0: yeah um, it's it tied in with the feminism thing in this country as well, and like women and women's rights and women in the church and all of that as well, I think. Yeah. Um, which is part of the thing that really riles me up about it, you know.
1: Um, I think that, I obviously we've touched on it before, but that's a part of me which has really strengthened or... Um, over the last few years, is I don't think I thought about feminism until no. maybe the last five years, and to my own detriment. Yeah, I'll be the same. Didn't think about it or realize what, how, uh, how unequal my. Even though I was so privileged in in every way, but not as privileged as yeah. my male counterparts. Yeah, and still. I know. And
0: we're only it's only we're only starting to have a vague awareness of it now, I think. But so. I think
1: that is a a cause of tension between me and all the men in my life, yeah. a, a very small, tiny, yeah. because they are still not they still haven't caught on, whether it's my um, husband or my brothers or my colleagues or. Yeah, this, they haven't quite. But it's it's
0: it's similar to the religion thing. It's just how we are. It's how things are, it's how women are. And, you know, it's 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 a gradual change of like, oh, actually, that's not OK. And it's not OK to, you know, it's just a given that, like, I don't know, women don't get paid as much as men or women get wolf whistled at or groped in a bar or whatever it is, you know, it's just all those little t- it's, it's all the little tiny things that add up as well, I think, you know, um, like I was saying, I, I had a thing where somebody sent a WhatsApp in a group that was a bit offensive and a bit sexist and whatever. And for the first time ever with those people, I was like, well, I don't think that's funny without like losing my head or getting into an argument. Just like, no. Um, and it caused a big, everyone was like, what's your problem? Chill out. It's meant to be funny. Yeah. I was like, I'm not I'm not making a huge deal. I'm just calling it. Yeah. And I think that'll only gather more and more momentum. And, and, you know, men will start to realize. And most of the time they don't do it to do be offensive they will? or be
1: I mean, I think so. I hope so. I, yeah, I think I think they are a little bit, but yeah, you have you have to be the one to keep saying, yeah. not cool, not and cool, not and cool. And my
0: instinct is to just let it go. Do you know? Not get into a row about it. It's not worth it. It's
1: gonna ruin. But it's anything. like you know. I just think that they don't notice, and I suppose it's. So, for example, it's when you when you see something. So, for example, now, I see pregnant women everywhere yeah. because I'm pregnant. Yeah. Or if you get a red car, yeah. you suddenly see red cars everywhere. Yeah. And I think they just don't see it. They have blind spots that I can see when there's a panel and it's all men yeah. or... We're always banging on about, as in, we being women in Ireland banging on about. There's not enough women in theatre. There's not enough women in journalism. There's not enough women. Parliament, or whatever. And we have to Parliament. keep saying it and saying it and saying. It. Everyone's like, "Oh, shut up." Yeah. But they just don't see it. Yeah. I
0: think that's getting better though. Is there kind of quotas and stuff now? And um, even for me, a lot I've noticed in film and TV, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, we're trying to hire more women, or we want it to be." predominantly female we wanted yeah. to be, um, you know, which is just a conscious thing where I never would have thought about that before. Um, no, I think that's definitely improving, but it is. It is. And the and the role models thing as well for young girls to look up to and say, uh, you know, I want to be a pilot or I want to be a doctor whatever it is, you know, yeah. that's getting better, too. And they're more visible. And I think uh, that's a good thing, you know, to have. Like, like when Emmer was in and she was talking about somebody telling her to be an air hostess. You know, why didn't they, you said, why didn't they say pilot? Yeah. And it's those little things, you know. Um, and like I, I had a very encouraging conversation with a friend of mine the other day who was giving out about a girl in work and he was saying, oh, she's just a wagon and she's like really shouty and aggro and she's just not pleasant to work with. And then he, and I just, <laughs> power of silence. And then he said, actually, you know, that's unfair because... If she was a dude doing that job, she'd have to do that. And I never think anything of them. Okay. So I'm probably just saying because she's a woman. I was like, OK, well, at least you're, you know, aware of it and acknowledging it and having to think about it. And the same guy, when when we were all discussing the WhatsApp incident, he said, it's not the point, though, that it's only a small joke or whatever. He said all these things add up. Um, and I was like, huh. You know, that was a personal somebody changing their tune a bit and, and actually you could tell that they'd had to think about it. And then I've had the other extreme, too, where I've been like, oh, had a big frank conversation about whatever it is, sexual harassment and women and how we feel about men and all that. And then the next day they'll go and be like, so make some stupid joke. So, yeah, I, again, like religion, it's years and years and years of that's just how we are.
1: And um, do you think. Your relationship with strangers has changed a little. Yeah. I think people are socially inept now because of smartphones. Bus stops,
0: inept. Neighbours. I mean, I have some lovely neighbours, but like I have new neighbours now and I can't. Like one of them I chat to and the other one's really awkward. And I don't know if I'm being awkward or making it awkward or, but I've got to hang up about it now. So it's never going to be OK. Yeah. Um, know, like, it's like they say morning and I say good thanks how are you that kind of thing <laughs> or good night when it's morning stuff like that
1: <laughs> but like 10 years ago I would be really reluctant to start a conversation with a stranger or even a stranger at a kids at help a conference that thing, or uh, um, yeah I think kids generally helped my confidence because you have to do things which make you look like a dickhead like go to fucking toddler groups and yeah. bang drums and um but Do you remember when making a phone call used to be the most nerve-wracking thing I yeah ever? uh but i i that's this that, that's another thing actually that that i have observed in people is that and it's it's not a fault of anybody but some people are really interested in other people yeah uh, not nosy. in a well some people are nosy maybe it is a, a nosiness thing and some people are not and they're interested in whatever it might be books or um, or themselves yeah but so I am genuinely interested so I talk to people a lot and, yeah um,
0: I don't mind do you not do you find people are like what do you do you think that you know me why are you talking to me
1: uh, not in Ireland. Thing. Most people. My don't. dad
0: said it to me the other day. He was like, Is it strange that your generation don't say hello to people in the street? And I, was I like, don't know.
1: In my neighbourhood, I would say hello to everybody I
0: passed in the street. So would I, but they don't always say hello back. Although maybe that's just the south side. Yeah. <laughs>
1: south County, Dublin. Uh, I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> you. It's hi, yeah. Hi, yeah. Hi, yeah. Yeah. That's what we do on uh, in Duny Carney,
0: or you know that face of like the grimace of somebody you don't know a, <laughs> like a nod almost
1: I, but I'm probably almost we, we talked a little bit about it uh, not comfortable with <laughs> enough with silence that's something I need oh, to yeah. work on for myself we had a friend my who
0: is he's a bit of a corporate whiz kid but he comes in with all these philosophies to tell us about and uh, I was describing him as a bit of a fadster earlier on it's like the thing what you need to do is the power of silence and he was te- do you remember were you at that He was. Te- we were having lunch and he was telling us all about the power of silence and how if you're just quiet you can make people say whatever you want Yeah. and then we all decided amongst ourselves at the table to not say anything and he talked for like half an hour <laughs> it's hilarious
1: but uh, that does I those few people who are they're silent and it's like a a drain emptying it's i can just feel my yeah. self going i'm the same and i just start talking shit yeah i'm the same <laughs> like start telling people about my last smear test or whatever <laughs> you know, no, it's honestly just like uh i'm just gonna keep talking until and they're just, just yeah. like yeah. yeah yeah
0: or the other thing that happens to me sometimes is you're in the middle of what you think is the hilarious story and you get to like three quarters of the way through and you're like they should, they should be laughing at this by now. Will they make up an ending or... But they never seem bored, those
1: people. They were intensely...
0: No, yeah. Maybe they're just in their own head, thinking about their own thing. Probably. <laughs> I
1: hope so. But <laughs> well, that's something I need to uh, definitely yeah. work on.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> I know, it's it's really hard. Uh, but it's a good one to practice not saying stuff yourself. Yes. It's amazing what people... It's a test.
1: Say. Yeah. Totally. Obviously, we're useless at it as we're parched our way into this studio so that we could make you all listen to us talking <laughs> just so, trying to see uh, how long uh, I can uh, live uh,
0: uh, uh, tell us about your last smear test <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. I'd love to um, yeah well, it was interesting and it's I, do you know the other thing when you get to our age or oh, so wise is you can kind of if you put your ego at the door a little bit you ha- you're more equipped to observe yourself and take yourself out of a situation and do you think or would you agree with that
1: yeah i'm definitely less it's um, less
0: reactionary so you're like i'm gonna sleep on that yeah okay yeah and you think about how things played out and you and i don't know like you're definitely able to go you know what i was wrong there or well, we've never really done that with each other but i've seen you do it about other things and i am too and i'd say only in the last six months be able I'm to say like, i am wrong well i mean i would have been able to say i am wrong but to to go back and look over something and have a bit of introspection and go yeah I contributed to that in a negative way by doing this yes yeah. whereas before I was just like no I'm right you're wrong really yeah I mean not in a shouty way but in my own head and I just get annoyed about it whereas now I'm like you know what What easy so easy to just apologise if you are wrong and also to go you know I did exactly and said exactly what I meant so like it or lump it it's just an assurance in your yeah. own thing.
1: Um, yeah, but we had said at the beginning that we'd be more likely to apologise than to.
0: Yeah, but that was. It meant less to
1: be like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. And then you spend six weeks thinking about what you wish you had said. Yes. Yeah, there's a bit less of that, all right.
0: <laughs> Wake up in the middle of the night. Damn it. I have that about puns as well. Like miss an opportunity for a pun and then wake <laughs> up and be like, "Oh, I forgot to say this. I have to work it into tomorrow's conversation."
1: Yeah, uh, we should have
0: just done one whole episode about puns.
1: Um, you maybe you could do that on your own and call <laughs> it something else.
0: Yeah, get thee to a punry. Get,
1: near FM might host it for you again. What would you call it? Get thee to a punry. Okay. Just yeah, and I'll just power of silence you into <laughs> sucking all the a pun puns monologue slam
0: poetry. Anyway, I think this is probably a sign that we should wrap yeah. it up.
1: <laughs>
0: um, but thank you so much for listening. If you've made it all the way through let us know if you've listened to every um, episode and what we'll do is we'll do a little questionnaire to prove that you've listened to every episode <laughs> and then we'll send you a medal.
1: Yeah. Um, thank you to Nier FM and thank you to Jess. it has been fun and, times. And back at you.
0: And to both oh, the of guests.
1: the Pauls. Oh Paul and Paul. Paul Brazel and Paul. Lochran. and then I have another Paul's <laughs> badge. I don't know which Paul this is. It says it on the badge. A Paul Caffrey. That's
0: uh, your badge. You have to be called Paul to work at Near FM.
1: And Kieran Murray. Oh, wait,
0: and Kieran. His real name's Paul, but they call him Kieran just to uh, make it easier to identify him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's middle name.
0: Um, okay, thanks a million. Uh, please get in touch with us and let us know what you think, thought, uh, any of your stories. We'd love to hear about them. Uh, we are also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, Storyboard Podcast, and yeah, you can listen to season one if you haven't already. Thanks, guys! See you soon. Later. Nearcast.
1: Nearcast, your community podcast network. Listen to podcasts about society, people, poetry, board games and many other topics. Subscribe to a programme today. Learn more at nearcast.ie and find out how you can get involved.